Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Tell Us What's in the Box. What's in the Box? It is Witch Trials? Salem <laughs> Witch Trials. Salem Witch Trials. Late 1600s. Late 1600s and, and the 70s and modern day. And and it's, it's a lot. Um, it, there's a lot going on here. Um, we... Okay, so this time we are talking about the next installment of the Dark Pictures anthology, um, starting with Until Dawn, which both Joanna, Joanna and I have played separately uh, before we started the podcast. So we're familiar with that game and the company that makes it. And we played Man of Medan together. So if you're interested in hearing all our adventures mm-hmm. and playing Man of Medan and our thoughts about fucking Conrad, Uh, god damn it conrad god damn it conrad (laughs) (laughs) please look at our our playlist and listen to that episode that was the first installment of the dark pictures anthology and this is called little hope uh little hope the next installment the dark pictures anthology it came out october 2020 october 31st i believe they set it out on halloween i think I believe they did, yeah. And by Supermassive Games. That name will never not be funny to me. No. I don't know why, but it always reminds me of oh the, the song Supermassive Black Hole. I don't yeah. even remember the band name, which then automatically makes me think about Twilight. And then I think <laughs> about Edward Cullen. And then I think that about the actor who plays him. And then I think about Batman now. So it's just this weird, like, domino effect <laughs> of six degrees yeah. of whatever. <laughs> so we've been, we've been holding off. We, we played this game together like we did Man of Medan. We co-opt this game. Yeah. And uh, we we had to restrain ourselves because we have a lot of things to say about yeah. this game, and we refrained from from discussing it with each other. Um, but, it was really difficult too. Yeah, where would you where would you like to start? I don't so know. Um, we're here and we're talking about this game. Where would you like to start? I think just to like preface it a, li- a little bit more, like we played like so this so little hope is longer in co-op mode than Man of Medan, but I, by, I want to say about an hour and a half to, to two hours. So we played, we played this game over the course of two, two sessions. Yeah. yeah. And it works exactly the same way as Man of Medan. Um, if you aren't familiar with Man, Man of Medan or haven't played it yet or I've only played it alone or in movie night mode essentially you and somebody else can co-op and throughout the game you switch perspectives of whatever character you're playing at the time Um, there are points where you are separated from the person that you are playing with or alongside and the choices that you make in the game not only affect yourself or the other characters but they will affect um your co-op part yeah. partner throughout the <laughs> what, game what too. your partner is doing yeah. yes um, as we discovered in man of medan yeah, <laughs> yeah and this there, one this one and, did have you know us being able to help each other out and do different things yeah um but not as much as man of medan though um so just to kind of like i think 
I, oh God, I don't know. Like now comes the part where I'm like, I have so many things that I want to say because it, yeah, because it's an entirely different experience than Man of Medan, even though the mechanics are the same. And, and thinking upon it, and thinking upon it, I think that's where our initial reaction came from, is that we had expectations based on Until Dawn and Man of Medan. And so when they changed up a couple things, it kind of threw us off. But um, that, that's just my thought. Uh, well, let's yeah. start. The, the premise of the game is, you know, there's a prologue, um, you know, obviously spoilers, because um, we always do that. We're talking about it after we've experienced it. So spoilers, obviously. So it starts out, you're in a prologue in the 70s. Um, you meet a family, three what seem to be foster kids and their foster parents. And through a series of unfortunate events, you get a creepy child, Mary, one of the foster kids who is obviously a creepy child, a la the omen or, you know, the orphan or something. And something's wrong with Mary. Uh, not Mary. Uh, Megan was her name in the 70s. I'll, yeah. I'll become clear what I mean later. But and, that's a movie title all on its own. Something's wrong with Mary. Mary. <laughs> <laughs> Um, something's wrong with her. You kind of see some shadows, stuff's following her around. She's being creepy. And it turns out that there's this huge uh, accident where pretty much everyone dies, um, getting crushed, getting drowned, uh, you know, um, getting hung, getting impaled, uh, all that stuff. And um, the whole family. Um, so in that family in the 70s, you had James and Anne. Um, who are the older foster couple. And then you had the, the foster children, Andrew, Taylor, uh, Dennis, and Megan. I think it's Anthony. Anthony was- a Anthony kid. was the 70s. So, yeah, Anthony, we're we're going to get so confused yeah, with Anthony, all of these names. Tanya, <laughs> James, and Dennis, and Megan yeah. were the ones in the, the 70s. And- um, and so you watch that whole family basically die in these various ways as we're trying to play through. Like we thought we had messed up, but then we realized there probably wasn't anything we could have done about it. Um, it was just prologue. Um, yeah. And then uh, you were on a bus or watching a bus trail um, through and everything. And uh, the bus driver pulls up, there's cops up ahead and they stop them and say, hey, you can't. Uh, you know, go through here. There's an accident. We're rerouting people through Little Hope. Title of the game. Mm -hmm. And so the bus driver goes, starts heading that way. A child runs in front of the thing, uh, tries to run in front of the bus. There's a bus accident. And uh, he, he indicates he has people in the back, but you don't see them at this point. So you watch the family in the 70s die and then the bus driver get rerouted, have an accident because a girl ran in the road and, and have an accident. And then, of course, the titles kick in and we see the curator coming into a badass song that I actually really like. And curator, ubiquitous from the Man of Medan, um, some sort of supernatural. What do we think he is? Like, what's his relationship with the player? And like, who? It, I don't know. Like, I mean, <clears throat> so pardon me. Um, when I think about like Until Dawn, which isn't a part of the Dark Pictures anthology, and it's not a co-op game by any means, but there still is like the role 
of the curator there, but it's more like Peter Stormare playing the yeah, psychologist in Until Dawn. Yeah, he's more like a psychologist, but more like a really, really screwed up psychologist. Well, right? in, the, in Until Dawn, he was a figment of Josh's imagination. Yeah, that's what I came to the conclusion of. Yeah, that, that, that came across that he that clear. when you go to the psychiatrist's office mm-hmm. in Until Dawn. It gets progressively worse and worse that this psychiatrist he was talking to was just a figment of Josh's imagination. Um, that's what I thought anyway. But um, they obviously took great inspiration from the mechanics and the psychiatrist and everything for doing the dark pictures. They obviously wanted to play more with that type of game and that type of story. So they said, hey, we're going to do the dark pictures anthology. And so obviously Until Dawn is kind of the ancestor predecessor inspiration for these dark picture games yeah so now like the curator mainly just works as a way to break the fourth wall with the player and Mm -hmm. develop more of a relationship get inside their head a little bit make them question their choices that they already made or are thinking of making or you know like he's he's basically there to give you hints if you want hints, but the hints are always riddles or in the case of Little Hope, uh, quotes from Shakespeare. Shakespeare. And- Which I yeah. realized that was like, like, I, it was, was the 1600s. It was uh, much earlier for Shakespeare, I think. Shakespeare was like 1500s, wasn't he? Yeah. You would think I would know. I like studied him in college, <laughs> like briefly. 1616, he died. There we go. So okay. kind of around a little bit uh, around like when Shakespeare died. So that same kind of century, I guess, which kind yeah. of would make sense anyway. Anyway, yeah. I mean, he's kind of like this super you know i mean you don't know if he's super you know he just says he's the curator of these stories and you're helping him to finish it and make the choices and and whatever but we don't know what he curates them for we don't know like no and i think like like out like taken out from the story because he um in little hope more so then Man of Medan or even Until Dawn, the curator really drove home the point more so of like, these are your choices. There are consequences if you make them, blah, blah, blah. So I think it's really just a way to explain to the player, assuming that they've never played this type of game before, like right. what they're supposed to do. Oh, certainly from a game perspective. Yeah. That's it. I'm just kind of thinking like the, the greater world like story. I don't think there is. To be completely <laughs> you think it's honest, completely a game thing. You think it's completely? A, yeah, like I think there is thing? no story in in at least the Dark Pictures anthology. There isn't that same relationship for the curator to any of the characters, even the player as a character, like there was in Until Dawn. He's purposefully just here to be a little bit of like twisted, demented comedic relief. I think. Yeah. And well, his to, relation yeah. is not to the story, but in both Man of Medan and um, Little Hope, he was his relationship was to the players. Yes, yeah. He doesn't f- 
fit necessarily into the story. Again, he's there to break break the fourth wall. Yeah. Um, but as players who are really well-versed in this kind of choose-your-own-adventure style of game, it now it's kind of getting a little old. Like, yeah, we get it. Our choices, there are consequences to it. <laughs> but what would have been helpful, though, is if we knew, like how the game did choices and consequences this time around yeah. because it is really different from Man yeah, and Dan. It is. And that's what I was talking about. Like our expectations from Man and Dan and yeah. what they had kind of set up as how the game worked. Um, and then kind of, they changed that up a bit, you know, in, in a uh, little help that kind of threw us like what just happened. And we'll, and we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, we, um, yeah, so let's talk about the story. Um, so we kind of explain and the characters. Um, in uh, so you the bus accident, the next thing you know, um, the group of you, a group of people are waking up at the side of the road. The bus driver who you saw in the beginning is nowhere to be seen. And uh, we, our characters are Andrew, um, who is played by Will Poulter, um, who you might know from if you played did Bandersnatch on Netflix or um midsummer midsummer yeah which we have reviewed um and he was also in the maze runner movies um and stuff like that and little known fact he was tapped to play pennywise before um Furosaka, uh, was not doing those movies anymore yeah um but anyway so he's kind of the most the most name <laughs> in there um, I think so Andrew you have Andrew college student and then you have Taylor another college student um, uh, and then you have uh, Daniel another college student so you have these three college younger college students in their 20s and you have Angela who's kind of not who's an older student she's non-traditional student do we it's, know if she's if she's a student though yeah it said it said okay. um when that little description of her came up when she was first shown uh, it said okay. a old older student gotcha. so she's a student in john's class um so and then john uh who is their professor their creative writing professor creative Sean, writing i was very professor. offended because <laughs> <laughs> of course he's a creative writing professor mm-hmm. um and it kind of tells you their traits and stuff and and everything and um so your decisions as a group um are to figure out like what happened the bus driver isn't there you just got into a bus accident um so how do we feel about these characters who do you want to talk about first let's talk about daniel maybe or who who else so i think there's more to talk about with their relationships to each other and our choices that we made and how that changed their relationships Mm -hmm. as the game went on. Cause as we kind of just previously mentioned the mechanics in these choices are different. It's not just quick time events. It's not if you pass or fail it, or if it's a direct decision of you being like, yeah, let's hide behind this crate versus, you know, let's try to escape, you know, um, a lot like this game has to do with if you choose 
to make decisions that are more like head-based decisions versus listening to, to your heart. And what is not clear to the player going into it is like how you're supposed to make those decisions or when you're supposed to make Mm -hmm. those decisions. Right. Because if you listen to your head more, listen to your heart more, there's going to be different outcomes and you could still nail every single quick time event and think, Oh, great. This character is going to live. Nah, bitch. If you didn't, if you, yes, Yes. that happened a lot. That happened to us. Yeah. Um, you know, specifically, I mean, cause we'll just talk about it so we can continue on with how the characters played. What ended up happening is we got John all the way, mostly through the game. Um, cause if you played Until Dawn or Man of Medan, you know that, you know, all the characters have the potential to die and it's a matter of, you know, which ones die and which ones you can get through. And we were pretty sure we had gotten through everything that John needed to do to survive and then randomly, and I didn't get an option. I was controlling John at the time. And I didn't get an option for a quick time or, or you know, a, a targeting or anything. And I was like, what happened? And he died. And so we had to look because I was like, that's so confusing to me. Because mm-hmm. I don't know what I did to cause that, right? I didn't mess up a heartbeat uh, thing. I didn't, any of that. Yeah. And it turns out that a critical choice when you're when you're holding a door if you choose to be heroic rather than ask for help determines whether you live or die and it's like and it's like that for all the characters we found out if you make a choice that goes against their nature that it gives you it gives you like two natures which others would have more it's kind of weird i mean because this one had you unlock traits or lock them or lock them which the other games didn't have. Yeah. Man of Medan, it was just your relationships between people. Man of Medan, even Until Dawn, didn't have that. Um, so you were actually unlocking with your choices or locking personality traits. And so if you didn't go against uh, their nature in that choice, then that character would die. Even yeah. if you had gotten all the quick time events and even if you had done all the other stuff absolutely and I think we didn't we hadn't like been prepared for really I mean if you think about it the you know because I did think about it obviously because after we you know I couldn't talk about it with you or anything um but you know I did think about it and mention it to my husband and you know thinking about it there were some little like cryptic hints um but it was too what you should do but we didn't we obviously didn't pick it up um, when the curator was talking about, you're going to have to face your demons, you know, are you going to face them or run away, face them or run away? Yeah. That was where he was telling you, make the choice to stay and tell the other person to go. Because that's what all the live or die, like, personality choices went down to on whether you were going to turn around and face the demon or whether you were going to, like, ask for help and tell them to go. And that little bit the curator said was like your hint for that, I guess. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. But I will counter that with, so with Taylor, because I was the one that got Taylor killed, right? (laughs) So her, okay, I guess it's also important to preface this like how these people die, basically, because we haven't talked about any of like the Salem witch trials part. Right. And why all the names get so confusing. So 
essentially when you go into this town as Andrew Taylor, John, et cetera, et cetera, you run into these grotesque dead looking people that grab you and transport you back to the late 1600s during the witch trial era. And as you're going to all these, as you're being pulled into these literal flashbacks, you find your doppelgangers basically. And you can talk to them. They can see you. They can yeah. see you, but nobody else can see them. Mm-hmm. So one, regardless if you, and we, we, we didn't play this way, so maybe it would turn out different, but a lot of the choices that we made when we saw our like doppelgangers about to be executed for being witches, um, we could either choose to help or not to help. Um, and I think in every instance, when we did choose to help that person in the present day, their dead corpse like came back and like right. hunted that person. Well, from what I read, because I them. read like the endings kind of, because I was just curious. Yeah. And what it said was that doesn't really matter, um, but you have okay. to make sure that the reverend gets accused to get the best ending. And not okay. Okay, yeah. so that 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 doesn't matter. So they come back to try to kill your right. What your, really matters is if yeah. you uh, tell the person to run. Like mm-hmm. if you if you're like, no, go leave me, you know, like when you're being attacked by your demon, and if you reassure them when they need reassurance, those are the mm-hmm. two things that'll cause your character either to not die or die. That I'm sorry, that's so stupid. <laughs> then then. <laughs> Then what is the point of having all these personality traits? But I guess it all ties into to the ending, which we'll get to in yeah. in a bit. But yeah, so anyways. I think maybe those choices unlock or lock your traits. They might swing it one yes. way or the other. Oh, like that, you help or confront. That for sure I know they do because I would see traits locking yeah, it, and yeah. unlocking in the top left-hand corner of, of my screen. But okay, for instance, um, Taylor... She ran away from her dead corpse doppelganger 1600s witch trial self Mm -hmm. three times. And she died the third time for whatever reason, right? Uh But the first, I think the first two times I, or the first time I was in control of Taylor, the second time you were in control Uh of Taylor and we passed all the quick time events. We succeeded, we got away from it. We thought we were good. And then the third time, the the thing comes back and kills her. And the same thing hap- happened to John. We had no way to stop it. Well, actually, I think that Taylor was wasn't that a QTE. No. It wasn't? No, it wasn't. You were controlling her at the time, I think, because weren't you? Oh, you know, wait, the third time? Yeah, I think the last time. Because I was trying to help. No. No. That's how I got Daniel killed. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was the QTE. Like I was trying to help you and you had to like kick the thing. And no, was- I think I was like all by myself. And the quick time event was like, I had to take my mouse and like put. Yeah, I was. Pl- yeah. yeah, you had to like target. But like I was yeah. Andrew. So I know I ran over there because I had to choose to either help Daniel or help Taylor. And I had gotten that card that showed Daniel. 
Yeah. Like dying from a spear in the eye. And so I knew I've, that's how I made the choice to go and help Daniel Mm -hmm. because I was like, well, I think that's my indicator. And so I went over there and I had like two little quick time, a things where he was like wrestling with the spear. And then you were doing quick times at the same time. Yeah. And then, but yeah. So anyway. So, um, yeah. So Taylor, third time, I guess third time's a charm. Dad, Uh, but Angela, um, she got to face her demon basically once escaped and we made it with her all the way to the end. Mm -hmm. So it was just her and Andrew. So there, yeah. Yeah. We saved her and, and Andrew or guy Andrew all the way through. Yeah. And yeah, when we got died. <laughs> yeah. And when we got to the end, we finally found the bus driver. Yeah. We so found we the bus driver. Him. Yeah. But we were the bus driver the whole time. It was yeah. Andrew. Anthony. It- Oh, sorry. It was yeah, Anthony. Anthony, the guy from the 70s. The guy from the 70s. Prologue yeah. <laughs> as the older dude that we didn't notice. And so what it tells us at the end, well, first of all, I was expecting more at the point where it started having the light come in and showing us that Dawn was coming up and stuff. I was like, wait, what? Yeah. Because <laughs> I was, I expected like there was a little bit more that we had to do. Right. Yeah. Um. So... Yeah. So I expected there was a little bit more we had to do. So when we came out of the house and it starts like into the big end cut scene and all this other stuff and everything, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> that takes you back through the whole prologue and shows you the dude is just driving the bus. There's no passengers in there. Yeah. He's the hallucinating this whole yeah. thing. Yeah. He was, he was imagining the whole thing. Yeah. So, so like when we said the cop yeah. came in, the bus driver tells him like, oh, well, I just want to get these people where they're going. And it shows that the cop had actually looked and seen no one in there and had just gone, uh, yeah, well, I think they'll be okay, which I actually can't blame the cop for. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, if I were yeah. the state trooper at that point, it'd be like, yeah, okay, just go. Yeah, around, buddy. And you know? just go. Which also kind of makes me question, though, like if this guy was hallucinating all of this stuff and the way that it's presented in the game is that driving through Little Hope triggered a psychotic break, his his memories. Because that's where uh, he was from. Because that's where he was from. He lived in Little Hope. His house burned down in Little Hope. And uh, his brother, Dennis, a.k.a. Daniel died his sister tanya aka taylor died parents died and then the little sister megan who had some supernatural creature with her and she was an angry creepy demon child right and, and, and the you f- have to wonder yeah like if that was it fire. like if he was just <laughs> because here's what i think Okay. All right, so we're going to talk about relationships. And I'm just going off stuff like the curator was talking about, about facing demons and, and all that sort of thing. Here, here's my theory. The best theory I can come up with, because I was like, what just happened? Yeah. Um, at the end of it, the best I can figure is that Anthony, 
um, guy from the 70s who saw his whole family in a big accident. I feel like the the because he lived in that town, Little Hope, that had that history of the witch trials and stuff um, and everything like that. And I think because of that tragic accident, my theory is that that accident was really just a horrific accident. But in Anthony's mind, it, you know, because of he was the only one to survive, um, and it shows us at the end he was at the funeral um, mm-hmm. and everything for them, um, that he kind of told himself it was a little more than that. Is my theory because of like yeah and stuff, and so when he goes back to Little Hope, and that's why we see like the people from the seventies conflated with the people he's with, quote unquote, and mm-hmm. the people in Salem, like he's trying to, like it's his guilt coming back and like facing him for being the only one to survive in various mm-hmm. ways. And it's like all conflating in his mind. Right. That's yeah. the best theory I could come up with. That's very close to the theory that I came up with too. Um, but again, it's not clearly spelled out in the game. And what kind of sucks about the ending is like, it throws this twist at you like oh he was the bus driver the whole time <laughs> like yeah and then it just goes back through the whole prologue and reshows everything and shows him talking to nobody and hallucinating and it goes on and on and on like okay we get it and i just wish there was a way that they could have shown that ending rather than just like tell the reader right yeah tell the reader tell the player who knows i mean (laughs) maybe i'm giving too much benefit of the doubt here Um, oh no i think i think you know maybe if maybe if we had found more of the clues we would have gotten more hints that it was the bus driver maybe like we didn't find a lot of the family secret ones which i think was about the family from the 70s we found a lot of the witch hunt ones Mm mm-hmm that, um, that that that's a fair point yeah that's, that's, that's all i'm saying just just to try to be fair and say hey maybe we just did you know but the thing is is like if you have to do that mm-hmm. you should at least be able to i mean the, the the my my issue with that or my my critique of that is that you need to at least get the main point across if you want to do little breadcrumbs and tidbits and stuff mm-hmm. like that to get to get you know other little stuff that you might not have known that's one thing in a game but to get the main thrust of a story should the players should be able to get that regardless yeah. of whether they go running around and finding all the glowy things and stuff like that yeah and that's what man Dan did really well and not to mention like the characters even at the beginning were really fleshed out characters. We understood that the brothers are two different people. We got their, their personalities came Mm -hmm. across very clearly in the choices, in the dialogue, everything. Little Hope didn't do that. It, it, it was almost if the player was having to shape their personalities, their traits throughout this whole traumatic event. Mm -hmm which 
I don't know. I don't think that was like effective enough for relationship building, especially once you get to the end and you realize, oh, he was a bus driver the whole time. Oh, he's still kind of fucked up from, you know, this trauma that happened to his family in the past. And I'm sure he blames himself, et cetera, et cetera. And that started to kind of become clear when we started finding pictures and everything when the people back in the witch trial days were dying in the exact same way that the people from the seventies right. were, were dying. So yeah, had died. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it almost they seemed- had the same initials. So I think that's where they were yeah. hinting at. I mean, you had Andrew Anthony Abraham, Taylor, Tanya, Tabitha, John, James, Joseph, Angela, and Amy. Yeah. Daniel Dennis David, you know, they all had Megan Mary initials yeah. and stuff. And so, um, you know, that was kind of the hint, I guess, that it was all connected in his head or maybe partially why he connected them in his head because they had the same initials and stuff and whatnot. And like yeah. he imagined, you know, their deaths as something that would have happened in the trials, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's really, I think in the end, I think they were going for like guilt like like guilt demons yeah like saying it wasn't my fault it wasn't it couldn't have just missed an accident this is some sort of like karma Mm -hmm. from their past selves or something you know i think uh, you just what you just said you just made me think and we haven't even really talked about like simon carver slash carter oh yeah yet and I think maybe the important thing to really pay attention to and a way to like help guide the relationships throughout the game and make choices is pay attention. Like, I think the strongest relationship was between like in the seventies, Anthony and Megan, Anthony was the one that was always, he was like really con I think the most concerned about Megan And it seemed like he was the most connected to her. So it made a lot of sense that when we got to the witch trial part, there was so much of it surrounding Mary, who's also who's who's Megan in the past. And if she actually is under the influence of the devil who, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So once you get to the end, it becomes, you know, our, and I think we, we end up making this choice as Andrew on, um, do we point the finger at the priest who is the one that is driving mm-hmm. this force and rounding up all these people to be executed as That's witches. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, wants to take um, Mary under his wing who's supposed to be under Abraham, a.k.a. Anthony, a.k.a. Andrew's wing. Mm -hmm. So once he starts questioning what's going on with Mary and he starts to question it because we as the players are driving that line of thought, which has been put in our heads from the beginning because Mary, Megan Mary is painted as possibly having set the house on fire. Um, Yeah. So it puts us as the player, as Andrew, 
at odds with his past self and the relationship that he had with Megan, AKA Mary. Right. And one of the notes that we end up find that, that we end up. Oh, good. Cause I think that, you're thinking of the same note. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. We found, we found a note in the burnt down house in present day that referenced like, Oh, you know, some, some priest or some reverend that, Okay, send Megan to this priest and she will get the help that she needs. When clearly the priest in the Salem witch trial times, he was not helpful whatsoever. He had ulterior motives. And Mary from the very, very beginning was like, keep that priest away from me. Keep Reverend Carter, Carver, whatever his name was, away from me. And so in terms of guilt for, for Andrew. Yeah. You know, Andrew would have seen himself because in in his past self that he's imagining, Abraham. Abraham was given care of Mary mm-hmm. in in the 1600s, um, but then taken away and given to the Reverend because they didn't think that he could handle it. So we can imagine that something might have happened like that with Anthony and Megan. Um, that Anthony felt like, no, I can take care of her. I'm going to take care of her. But the foster parents were obviously like going to send her to this <laughs> reverend. Yeah. Who had the same initials, Carver and Carter. Yeah. Um, as a thing. So was that more like kind of the the echoes and stuff that where he's trying to like make sense of all this guilt, you know, and maybe putting yeah. the blame on, you know, the priest, you know, we don't know. We didn't get any clue. I mean, maybe there were more clues about if the priest really was something, but I think part mm-hmm. of the indicator was that to get the best ending, quote unquote, you had to make sure the Reverend got accused of stuff and not Mary. Yeah. That maybe the indicator was like, they couldn't handle Mary because she had problems or maybe trauma or something like that in the, yeah. se- or Megan in the seventies. Um, so May in the seventies, when Andrew was a kid, was, a, was, you know, younger and Megan was in the house, the foster parents were having problems dealing with Megan and her trauma. Right. Yeah. And rather than, you know, try and deal with it, you know, they're putting the blame on Megan that she's a problem child. She's this, she's that, the other thing maybe. Yeah. And maybe the idea is not to do that, that it wasn't her fault if these things happened. Like if this accident happened or the way she was acting, she just, she had trauma that needed to be worked through. And so to get the best ending, you have to realize that it wasn't her fault, even if she was acting Mm -hmm. quote unquote weird or doing things that maybe even hurt other people that, you know, she was a child who needed help and wasn't getting it. Mm -hmm. Maybe. I don't know. That's it. I don't know. I think- that's that's the tricky thing with these kinds of games if you're gonna have this very strong like moral thorough point like doing it in this sort of way with multiple endings where it's ambiguous if you succeeded or failed I I I think they were really trying to do that with this game but it got it got muddled <laughs> yeah I think maybe yeah. because of the nature of it because yeah there were things you might not get there might be yeah. notes you didn't pick up or pictures you didn't see or you know you wouldn't get a certain person through or something and so you would miss some of that 
yeah you know thought that or theme that they were trying to get to you know what i mean yeah um what else was i gonna say um because if you look at see that's the thing that might be the biggest change thinking about it and talking about mm -hmm. it with you was that you know until dawn and um man of medan which again same company kind of until dawn being the predator that's why i refer to it a lot because it's essentially <laughs> they were like oh people really like that kind of until dawn thing we want to do more with it so we're going to create a series kind of thing with until dawn and man of medan that it, it had themes but they weren't like one pervasive you know what i mean you got yeah. them through playing and a lot of it was more about like kind of the, maybe the supernatural thing going on and dealing with that like the windigos and until dawn and yeah and the the uh, gas the hallucinogenic gas, the gas. That was in yeah and and the relationships between the characters were crystal clear right yeah and you could um, still and you even could still until dawn and man and dan and you can yeah. switch them and stuff but it wasn't necessary to find certain things or whatever to get the story. It, yeah. You know, it, it was, you know, you made your choices and everything and, and it made sense as to who lived and died because you were still getting kind of those relationships and stuff like that, you know, um, in Until Dawn and Man mm -hmm. of Dan. And this one, I think, relied more on, you know, because there is when you really look at it, it, you know, maybe the reason is because it's really one person. Like you're not playing yeah. different full-blown people. You're playing the hallucinations mostly. And the one time, Which, yeah. the one when the one time you said, "Hey, they seemed the most real," was the time when they actually were separate people. When they were in the '70s, when they actually were like real people living and breathing, yeah. Instead of the bus crash and the Salem people, who were all mm -hmm. just figments of imagination. But I would think, like, if you're, regardless if somebody's having a psychotic break or not, there's still going to be some element of like that person in your memory. And I mean, that's true. Even Maybe I'm being generous. I mean, you know. even, even like the people in the seventies, like they were still pretty blank slates. Well, yeah, you didn't get to be with them an awful. No. And I would imagine like, okay, if, you know, if the writers are going to sit down and they're going to be like, okay, this guy is going to make up this entire thing. Oh, our, I, it, 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 it feels like they arbitrarily selected, oh, they're in a creative writing class and they're going, but there's no connection to college creative writing to the character of Anthony. So why was that a choice? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, Wait, this, didn't This game's say... interesting because there's like relationships and lack of relationships. Uh, yeah, I'm trying yeah. this to remember if Anthony did say something about he was a writer in the 70s. Didn't Tanya say something like that or oh, tease him about it? That that's a good point. If they if he did, I totally missed it. Well, I mean, it would have been <sighs> brief. It would have been just a you just know, like side comment, but whatever, yeah. Um yeah, he like tells her like like she calls him like a nerd or something. Mm -hmm. And we did find I found a whole I looked in oh because you weren't in this part. Mm -hmm. I looked in uh remember when you were you were Anthony. 
Yeah. And I was Tanya upstairs sent mm-hmm. to talk to Megan. Yeah. And you were there, but I was in your room. I was in the room that you and Daniel <gasps> shared. What'd you find and in my room? <laughs> I, I found books. I found lots of books and yeah. like stuff like that in there. So it did indicate that he at least had, you know, some interest. So maybe, maybe the idea was that he imagined that that's what his life would have been if like the accident hadn't happened. Like he See, would have gone yeah. to school to be a writer if he didn't end up in that accident and then just become like a bus driver. See, I could totally buy that. But the problem was because we were playing co-op, I didn't get to go upstairs because I was playing a different character. So you got more information about that character than I did. Yeah. Whereas that issue didn't happen in Man Man of Medan. Right, exactly. Yeah. So it's still a, like I was saying before, like if it's something that kind of is supposed to illuminate, it should be obvious and not have to be something that somebody stumbles upon yeah and not understand yeah and obvious to both players if they're doing and instead of doing one yeah 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 i i agree with you um my thought was while you were talking about like (laughs) relationships and stuff because you you know you're kind of sparking like yeah you know and of course we're writers so you know if we watch Mm -hmm. a story or something like that we're always like well what would i do if we see that there's critique of it and some things that didn't quite work we would think what what would I have done yeah right personally for me I might have changed it up right Mm -hmm. I might have done it where it's it's people coming or maybe um it's it's Andrew coming back or or um coming into um the town and maybe we don't know what's going on or why he's coming back or what happened and so the mm-hmm. whole process is is you playing and his interactions with the other characters that you're playing and you find out through those like what happened maybe i don't know mm-hmm. or maybe like a group of people like instead of making it so it was all kind of him yeah make it like he's coming back after something bad happened, kind of like until dawn where they're kind of coming together after a big event happened. And so what you're dealing with is the aftermath of that. Absolutely. Um, And I mean, the town had been abandoned and one character that we haven't mentioned yet is Vincent. Oh, right. Mm -hmm. Vincent. So, and I called it, Early on, I was totally right. I'm like, I think that was Tanya's boyfriend from the 70s, and he's just here. Oh, yeah, we said for that. whatever yeah. reason. Yeah, and I was with you on that. We were like, yeah. oh, that's him. Like, that has to be him. Because I was Tanya when he was making out with him, and I was like, oh, that's her boyfriend. Yeah. And everything. And, and I was like, I kind of learned. Yeah. So we both were like on that page, but we didn't know what his purpose was there. No, I don't know if he. I think maybe he, I think, I think there was a lot to his character that could have been explored, but just wasn't. But it's like, this town has been abandoned for a while. Why is this motherfucker here? Like, just chilling. Yeah. And he wasn't, um, at least my interpretation, he wasn't a hallucination, he wasn't no he wasn't like, he was a real person he, he was, like was the literally there town yeah yeah that we saw 
which is why he showed up at random parts and we were like what the heck you know what is going on yeah like wandering around by herself yeah and it felt so out of place when it was happening but then everything made sense at the end but like it didn't need him that's the thing like if if they're just going to reveal everything at the end the way that it did like you really didn't need vincent there right at all (laughs) vincent like what would have been if like it was it was just like two people it was like andrew and vincent like trying to get through and you know Mm. like if vincent had been like actually a part of like trying to help him through it you know and stuff like that that would have been cool yeah like yes you know and you know and so what happens is 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 because you're co-oping or even if you play by yourself you're playing with vincent you're building on that relationship the whole time yeah you know which like you said it didn't really occur and i think you're right i think that's really the thing that we're missing we didn't get a lot of like we did in man of medan and um until dawn yeah the in the the who these people are to each other yeah you know because the thing okay so look at it this way the thing with um until dawn all those people had been friends already. They already had relationships and they were bound by this traumatic event that happened. In Man of Medan, you had brother and sisters, pairs, well, brother, mm-hmm. brother, brother, sister, mm-hmm. and then the captain who had her own stuff going on mm-hmm. um, and her own thing. But there were already established relationships and yeah. they all had a goal, right? Like in Until Dawn, they had the goal, you know, hey, we're, we're going to kind of get back together after this event. You know, they had a thing that was bringing them together. Man and Medan, they wanted to go explore and, and you know, go mm-hmm. and, and explore, you know, around and go scuba diving and stuff like that. But they all kind of knew each other and they had some kind of goal. And in this case, I guess the goal was supposed to be to like get out of the town and stuff. But they didn't have pre-established relationships. I think that no. is probably the very specific thing other than being in a class together, right? And we got little yeah. hints that maybe like Daniel was into Tanya and that was it. Like, yeah, like they were boyfriend, girlfriend. Like I- Or, um, or they had it, will they, won't they? Or, or Yeah, it know, was- like that. Which was also weird because, okay, if this is Anthony's hallucination- um, and if he's imagining, you know, Tanya and Dennis from the seventies, why would his brain like make them into a relationship? Right. <laughs> it just, yeah. it felt, it felt Whereas, very yeah, off. They didn't have really other than that they were in a class together. Yeah. And it, and, it was like and, the first day of class, yay, field trip. Like yeah. that was that sort of level of how well everybody knew, knew, each, knew other. each other. Exactly. Like, you know, you could have built character. Hey, it's a creative writing class. Couldn't you have built character by having them talk about each other's stories that they submitted for class, maybe? At certain points throughout the game. Like, oh yeah, Angela, I remember, you know, what are you talking about? You wrote that creepy ass story, you know, whatever, you know. And they're talking about like maybe the stuff that they write or whatever. Yeah. But they and never do, mentioned it. It was just, we got told yeah. that they're all part of a creative writing class together and John's the professor. And that was it. Yeah. But they could have used that to have moments 
to actually build those relationships, even if they weren't related. I think that was the key. The other games, you had these pre-established relationships that immediately made the characters mm-hmm. feel three-dimensional. Already having relationships with yeah. each other and baggage and stuff like that. Whereas this one, they didn't really do that. And even if they didn't want to make them related, like they did in like the seventies where they all yeah. kind of lived in the house and were foster, you know, Tanya and all them. Yeah. They could have done it because they were in the same class. Like have them talk about that. Like it's creative writing class. Like that's incredibly it is, yeah. personal to write. Absolutely. There's exercises and shit, you, you know, like this is one. And I, I will always remember just this. say that Joanna teaches you know, creative writing. <laughs> I teach, I stuff. teach, I do teach creative writing and I do teach interactive fiction and I teach game writing too. Yeah. So it's like, um, but this, what's, what's interesting is not only are they trying to keep like the game mechanics the same with the curator, the number of characters, et cetera, et cetera. But both until Dawn and Manama Dan had a prologue, right? Mm-hmm. Little Hope also had a prologue prologue did not work in little hope as it did in the other two right because it's too close to the story i will never forget one of my former professors and also my thesis director if you like steampunk then you may have heard of james p blaylock um (laughs) i i will never forget his opinions on prologues and for the most part i agree that they are unnecessary um you don't need them if it's something that can fit somewhere else in the story you're better off doing that and that's what i feel was the case here little hope had a prologue that would have fit better somewhere in the middle of the story and part of this whole discovery process unraveling and it would have worked so much more effectively and then that beginning part of the prologue could have been dedicated to the bus or um anthony's hallucinations and they we could have actually seen them on the bus talking yeah (laughs) so talking about their stories and stuff like that and like you know getting to know each other yeah writing class because you don't even you just have to establish some kind of relationship between them. Yeah. So especially a game that's really not very long. I mean, these yeah. days, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. you kind of have to get that relationship in there. So, yeah. I mean, you didn't even, you could have even kept the the creative writing thing, but just have them talk about it. Does Daniel hate Andrew's stories? You know, does John yeah. favor you know, Andrew's stuff over everybody else. Like does, you know, like does Tanya resent John? Not because she thinks like he's a controlling dickhead, but because Mm -hmm. he doesn't happen to like her stories or something, or she feels like he's being extra hard on her. Yeah. You know, where is that stuff? Yeah. And stuff. Where were they going in the first place? Where was this field trip? Yeah. if, if Anthony is going to create this whole elaborate thing in his head to help him deal with his guilt, but it's like, why this moment? Why right now? Why is this happening right. at this moment in time? And little hope doesn't answer that. And that is what nope. needs to be in every story. You could have yeah. even likened it to some of this stuff from the seventies, right? 
Mm-hmm. So when that part in the seventies, like maybe slowly reveals itself. Yeah. You know, um, because you know, you didn't even really need the Salem stuff. No. You could have just had it as the stuff in Little Hope and the stuff in the 70s, expanded both of those out mm-hmm. and just had that as the story. The Salem stuff didn't really need to be there because the story was about that tragic accident mm-hmm. and him coming back to town. Yeah. So why not have just those two things, right? And just have you get little instances where you're playing in the 70s, right? And then Mm -hmm. what you can do is you're in the creative writing thing. You kind of notice they look like each other and stuff like that. And you're like, what the fuck is this? You look like, you look like, like Dennis, you know, like, you know, it's getting weird and have them reference maybe the stuff that they write about in their stories in those little instances in the 70s. Yeah. Like, hey, D- uh, D- Daniel talks about the story that he wrote about being like the music fan, right? Who yeah. discovers somebody else who loves music as much as he does with records and stuff like that, old school stuff. So he wrote this story about that. And then you go back to the 70s and see that Dennis was really into records and stuff. And so yeah. you start putting it together. It's always better to let the player or reader piece together stuff themselves rather than and like to tell them and like yeah. how long was that end cutscene just to tell us everything that was going on. It was too long. Why should it have been that? Like I don't I'm know. Saying, just had my take is have yeah. them talk about their career. This is my final critique. <laughs> I would have said go ahead and because we're talking about the relationships here, but our critique is that. They weren't enough. They should have been developed yeah. more. That's that's what we're talking about here. Like, even though it's about relationships, so we're talking about how they could have made those more, more, more obvious, mm-hmm. right? And my take is make them talk about the creative writing stuff. Have the bus driver stuff. He's hallucinating those people on the class and the creative writing class. Have them talk about that. Have them talk about that one time John went off on Dan- uh, Daniel in class or whatever. Have them talk about their experiences there. That one guy who left the class in tears because they couldn't handle the critique of the group. Whatever, you know, have them yeah. talk about the stories they wrote. Have them talk about that. Build relationships to that. Does someone like somebody else's work or not? or whatever are they working through something through their stories etc and then instead of having us go back to like that one prologue in the 70s and then having us go between salem and little hope cut out the salem stuff not necessary yeah i think it was just there to make it seem extra scary yeah just have it be going between the modern and the 70s and so we learn more about this and we start making those connections. And so yeah. by the time it gets to the end, we probably have already come to the conclusion, like he's making these people up. He's the only one that's real. Yeah. I don't know. I fixed it for him. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I thought that, I think that would yeah. have made it better. It would have made I, it less convoluted. Yeah. They would have had more room to build up the relationships, yeah. more room to give us the clues that we needed, that he was really just hallucinating the modern times. Yeah. And I think the the other issue is, like, going back to what we were saying about how, like, Anthony and Megan's, like, connection theirs was the strongest. Um, where the hell was I going with this? Um, 
like for for having such a strong can I totally blanked out. I don't remember what I was going to say. <laughs> I don't know what I was going to say. We're um, about strong connections and the other. Yeah, thing. I still, I still, I still don't remember. Oh. Damn it. <laughs> but no, I think we got our points across pretty, yeah. pretty clearly. The other um, little, um, thing yeah. was we did get a teaser that there would be a third at the very least. Um, the curator oh, yeah. says, um, you know, we'll meet each other again. I'm sure of it at least one more time. Yeah, so, you know, being cheeky and like, hey, there's going to be at least one more game. And then um, you, we did find a, a one of the premonitions that we had like no idea. We're like, we don't recognize this person at all. Yeah. And uh, and then we and find out when we get through the thing that it was a trailer for the next installment yeah. of the Dark Anthology, which is called City of Ashes and looks like it takes place in the Middle East. Yes. Um, well, and apparently... According to a wiki that I found for the dark, uh, dark pictures anthology, Ashley Tailsdale is going to be voicing the main character. Ah, so that woman that we see, I'm, I'm assuming just based on that. Musical. Yeah. Sharpay. That's why I recognize any of them. I'm like, okay, okay I, I've never seen high school musical. And she no. probably made it look like her. Now that I think about the main character, they kind of show. Yeah. It kind of looks like her. They do that, um, yeah. So that's that cool. makes, yeah. So we did get that little uh, Easter mm-hmm. egg, and they did have the addition of if you look up in the curator's room, you can see like the posters for the yeah. ones that they've done so far. I think that that one's going to be better because all already I see like a very clear story. Whereas if I think back to the trailers for Little Hope, it wasn't clear. Yeah, <laughs> and like I said, I think. We kind of work through, at least for me, like I think how how I think, like the story I think was too convoluted and they need yeah. to build more of the characters, I think, to really make it work. I think mm-hmm. the theme was good and the idea of going back and forth, like the theme of guilt and this tragedy that happened, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, is also a theme in the other two. Well, not uh, guilt, but like um, some guilt, but like mm-hmm. uh, tragedy, some tragedy happening and getting... Um, that they could have used that. But I think adding in the Salem stuff and the witch trial stuff was just just convoluted it. And if it were me, I think I would have lessened that convolution by, you know, just keeping it in modern time, Little Hope and the 70s and kind of going back and forth and developing those two things. Yeah. Right. Yeah, because it took away from a lot of the time that could have been spent, like, establishing the characters and building the relationships and providing more opportunities right. to the, the players that started to interact. Yeah, we got the less about. Yeah. Which I don't think is the, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. It shouldn't have been like that. I mean, yeah. like, it should have pulled that 70s incident, which was, like, the crux of everything, if I'm reading yeah. it right, and and pulled that to the front and just have it be this dichotomy. Yeah. And you'll maybe even not know that they die at first, right, in the past. You know, maybe that's something you would discover, like, in the game. I think that, yeah. Like, that's like you kind of go in, like, yeah. and you kind of maybe get references to something bad had happened in this ghost town and stuff like that, but you don't really know. You're just uncovering clues yeah, about what happened. And you realize all these people died. And, and you can even kind of use the same 
method where they would have the Puritan, whatever, come out and grab them. Yeah. Instead of have be the seventies one. Yeah. Come out and grab them. And then you're seeing scenes from the seventies of what happened. Yeah. Like you can even use a lot of the basis of the same stuff. Just tweak it. I don't know. That sounds to me like it would have gone better. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, from the very beginning, it was really clear that they were the same people. And I think like we noticed that almost right away, like, hey, these look like exactly like the 70s people. (laughs) What the hell? We realized that before the characters in the game realized that. Like we started (laughs) playing them, like just from the initial cutscene, we were like, oh, these look like the 70s people. Like even before we played them, I think just during the initial cutscene after the accident, we were like, hey, You know? Yeah, so I, think so, I that- think, so I think making it kind of uncovering maybe what happened instead. And like I said, you can even use the conceit they used of the things coming out, grabbing them and pulling them in the past, mm-hmm. you know, and trying to save each, save their past self or whatever. Yeah. You could have still used that. It just would have been like a seventies, you know, the seventies person. And then you would go back to the seventies, see what was going on. Yeah. And then you know, kind of go from there and even use the same kind of stuff. But, you know, maybe, maybe they could even, even instead of like them talking about that Mary was a witch and stuff, mm-hmm. you would have even used that same stuff where it's in the seventies. And instead they're talking about Megan. Yeah. And like what to do with her and all that stuff. And those are the scenes that you're seeing. Yeah. I mean, I, I was expecting Megan from the seventies and in the witch trial, like I was full on expecting her to be the cause of everything just because of how it was alluded to in the prologue where you have the shadow figure with with the long claws so there was so much misdirection in this which isn't a bad like um like writing method at all it's used so much but in just in this case it didn't work right i agree with you like, and like I said, you could have used the same kind of like storyline of them dealing with Megan and the stuff she did maybe in the past in the seventies, instead of just like the switch trials thing. Yeah. You know, just have it go back to the seventies and seeing like, what sort of stuff did Megan do that made everybody worried, you know, mm-hmm. like all this sort of stuff. I don't know. That's, that's my thought. Yeah. Um, you know, well, we, there's city of ashes is supposed to come out this year. So Yeah. Which totally down to play. Yeah, it looks we'll it looks that. good. I'm probably at some point gonna go back and like just play Little Hope on my own. Maybe even play it with Josh and there see and see his his thoughts. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, hey, those are those are. Yeah. I mean, if you've played these games, let us know. What did you think? Are we right? Yeah. Are we wrong? <laughs> Did we miss anything in our interpretations? Do we need to go and play it again? You know, we're we're going to tag the company in this. So, you know, somebody from the, one of the writers or the programmers or something is like, yo, I don't know. Maybe we shouldn't tag them because we didn't like it. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't say I didn't like it. Yeah. I mean, I had problems with it. But there were still moments that I really enjoyed. So I will say it had, like, yeah, it had good a, moments. Good, it had some good atmosphere. Mm-hmm. It had good moments. 
um, you know, I did like, and I do hope, like, I like this style game. I think they have a really yes. good idea for a series here. I think this one just missed the mark more than the other ones. Yeah. Um, I still Agreed. enjoyed myself. We still had a good time playing. I I did anyway. I, don't I know. got scared. I screamed. And scared her cat. Really, and scared my cat. <laughs> so there were moments and stuff. There was some creepy stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's not, I thought the demons were creepy. Like that whole yeah. thing. Remember her dragging her feet along the. Oh my God. <laughs> the sound, the sound of her toenails scraping, scraping on, the on the asphalt. Oh my <laughs> my god that gave me chills oh, yeah. that was so good and then like um joseph like his yeah his and how it was like all twisted, twisted and yeah, like walking around like that animation was great like, yeah that was so, so i think creepy. That, that dichotomy of like how they died and now their demon is like yeah. that felt uh, very haunting of hill house to me yeah a little bit um but so i enjoyed that i thought that was really cool you know, yeah. that their demons were actually them coming and you realize that slowly over the time. So that hit the mark for me, for sure. Yeah, me too. Uh, Absolutely. And everything. So, you know, we just had our critique about, you know, yeah. the characters and the story itself a bit, you know, and really our I, thoughts yeah. about, you know, and hey, if Supermassive thinks, hey, we should consult these ladies on some of these other ones, hit us up. Consult me. Um, cough. <laughs> <laughs> We'd be more than happy to for compensation. Oh, uh, right. Troubleshoot any of these of these things, you know. Right. Obviously, you know. I mean, that's just our thoughts, and we're we're both writers, so that's our our bag is to be like, if if something didn't work, how didn't it work? And obviously, yeah. uh, you know, you you learn more from that for me rather than how something did work. Yeah. Um, you learn a lot more from thinking this didn't work. Where didn't it land? How didn't it land? And you've kind of watched us throughout this episode kind of pick it apart and get more and more like on target with what we think the, the problem was with it rather than yeah. just the vague we started it didn't feel like the others kind of thing and as we talked we kind of got more into the what what actually did not hit what us. was yeah bothering us well maybe the next one will I'm, hit I'm better for it uh, though it yes. has guns and so i fear there's going to be more targeted things which i am not good at <laughs> so <laughs> Well, we'll soldiers. see. We'll see when it comes out. Indeed, indeed. But what we got for y'all next time? Um, it'll be a few days after Valentine's Day, mm-hmm. but we can't not have an episode come out around Valentine's Day Horror and not talk love. about not talk about my bloody Valentine. Uh, we will not be doing um, the 1981 Canadian slasher, which was the original, original. one. Uh, that one was directed by George. I'm going to butcher this name. My, my Halka. My Halka. Um, we're going to do um, mainly, I think because we both like Jensen Ackles. We want to watch Jensen Ackles. We want to watch Jensen Ackles. <laughs> and we like Supernatural. Yeah, um, but we're going to be. Did you know that he's done other stuff other than Supernatural? Yes, yes, go. I oh, knew gosh, that. No. Yes, I knew that. <laughs> I'm talking to the audience. <laughs> oh, yeah, did yeah, they audience. Know? Now they know that he's done something else. <laughs> I know you know. You suggested this one. 
I did. But yeah, we've we will... seen it though. So this will not be a first watch for us. We No, but I, I haven't, I don't think I've actually seen this movie since it came out. So this one came mm. out in 2009. Um, so this, yeah, this was like my senior year in college. Um, but oh this God. one, obviously, like we mentioned, <laughs> starring Jensen Ackles, this one was directed by Patrick Lucier. Lucier. Yeah. Lucier. Lucier. Thank you. I'm terrible with pronouncing that's how names. I would say it as the French name Let's oh say. that's right French yes terrible terrible but yeah that's what we'll be doing next time because nothing spells romance like a shovel to the face nothing absolutely nothing <laughs> but yeah go ahead and please give us a follow uh you can find us on twitter at the box underscore podcast um you can listen to all of our past episodes on stitcher spotify apple podcasts and podbean and yeah click that follow leave us comments rah 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 <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and if you play Little Hope, let us know what you think. Yeah, we love, let us we... know if we're like far off okay. or if you thought we were right. Absolutely. All right, till next time, y'all. Leave it in the box. <laughs> <laughs>